Hey all, we're back with the Brotherside Podcast. I'm Justin Pearson. I'm Alex Pearson. And we are here with Marty Wolf. This is episode 22. Marty, uh, kind of a jack of all trades, owns his own gyms, former podcaster, was on The Biggest Loser, and now he's like a theater extraordinaire, if you will. Sure, let's go with that. Let's go with it. Sounds good. (laughs) Thanks for coming on, Marty. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. This is great. This is fun. Thanks for coming. Yeah, like we said, this is episode 22, so we're starting to find our groove a little bit, little by little. Are we? Awesome. Are we? I don't know that we are. We got a few listeners. Yeah, Probably a couple, not. maybe a couple million. I always like to think so. Yeah. So we always start off the podcast or our show with okay. favorite drink. And we Marty's favorite drink, he just wanted coffee. He's a simple man. He wanted some coffee. Coffee. Coffee, coffee and cream. Tell us a little bit about your background with coffee. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I started drinking it young. Um, when I was a little boy, my mom would make coffee, sugar, and milk. Like, I don't yeah. know. We just put coffee, sugar, and milk, and, and I would drink it. But um, no, over the years, I would just started drinking more and more coffee, and now I just can't live without it in the mornings. Yeah. And I'm a little bit of a snob with it. Like, Are I, you? yeah, I am. Like, I've, so scooters okay? Scooters is okay. Okay, is okay. Are I you do Starbucks. Have, what's that? Starbucks. Starbucks. Or I do like Starbucks. Their blonde roast uh, okay. a little better than than scooters. Um, but I like to kind of go to the local places and try sure. different things out from time to time. And um, yeah, there's a place called Phil's Coffee. If you guys uh, heard no. of Phil's Coffee, it's what in up, like Phil? larger markets. Um, Where's it at? It's in like DC, LA, um, and I'm guessing New York (laughs) and Chicago, um, but really big metropolitan areas. And uh, they, you get like a personal barista or whatever, and then and they like warm up the, warm up the milk, and they. It's almost like it's a bartender for your coffee. It sounds like an experience for sure. It is an experience. They try to make it an experience, but the coffee is just really good. Yeah, I'm like, wow, this is really. That's definition coffee snob. No, yeah, yeah. That's so. probably got to cost you like 20 bucks a cup, at least. No, it's not that bad. Okay. It's not really that bad, but um, it's probably a little bit more than people are, are used to paying at like a gas station or something <laughs> sure. like that, you yeah. know, where you go in and basically they char the beans, you yeah. know, it's like I'm, burnt. Yeah, that's kind of how I am. I'm like, show me a good Bucky's and I'm all in. But yeah. You know, are you? Like, you're just, I don't know. Okay, so yeah, you're that laid back. Well, you know, when you're at the firehouse, it comes in all shapes and okay, sizes. Okay, yeah, yeah, you can't so be too picky. The Maxwell House to, you know, <laughs> Folgers. Folgers. But we, lately, guys have gotten a little bit better, and now, you know, we've gotten – we get whole bean. You know, we got a grinder, and so it's not like all whole beans crazy. You guys people. are on grinder? Is that what yeah, I heard? Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, see, I have selected yeah. some, guys. Sorry. Some might be. <laughs> um, so, you know. That's but, the end of the podcast, yeah. Justin said. Yeah. Firehouse is on yeah. grinder. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I feel like we've graduated a little bit, but, you know, we're still not any, anywhere near that area. So, no. I, but I'll drink anything. I will. I'll drink any coffee as long as it's, you know, decent. Yeah. 
But I appreciate good coffee now. Like before, I wouldn't even know. Yeah. Now I at least Blue, understand. Blue Mountain Coffee from Jamaica. Oh, Best coffee gosh. I'll ever have. Hmm. And then it yeah. straight to the crapper. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. It's, it's like through, yeah. instant poop. Really? <laughs> Why don't they just call coffee for what it is? <laughs> <laughs> instant shit. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, that'd be tough branding. Yeah. yeah. A special <laughs> marketing company. Could to be do a that little one. tougher, that's for sure. All right. So tell us a little bit about your background. Big family. Where are you from? Tell us a little about yourself. Okay. So I grew up here in Council Bluffs, uh, Council Bluffs, Omaha metro area. Yeah. Council Tucky. I do call it Council Tucky now since I've moved over to the good side. To the good side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do call it Council Tucky, but now I have to watch because I'm in grad school. And uh, some of my colleagues in, in grad school are from Kentucky. So they're like, what the hell does that mean? You call it Council Tucky. But we're like, well, it's kind of backwoods yeah, over there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Things are just backwards. You'll yeah. understand. Just go yeah. over there. Just go How over do you there. feel about your cousins? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so uh, I grew up here locally. And um, my family, so uh, I guess you could say just a, a normal sized family. I mean, there are five of us, you know, three yeah. kids. Uh, Something uh, probably different and unique about my uh, family dynamic is uh, my father passed away when I was six years old. So, uh, you know, dealt with my fair share of family trauma from a, from a young age. Sure. Uh, yeah. Not to bring this whole podcast yeah. down. Whoa. But <laughs> hey, hey we, we like to keep it real. Okay, so okay. Well, wherever you want to take it. it real, yeah, though. that's right. Uh, but yeah, my father passed away and that kind of shaked up the whole dynamic of, of my family. We I'm were sure. already uh, people who enjoyed food uh so at that time um, so at that time you know it was kind of the the magic elixir of of emotions and uh already combined with uh a propensity for you know for emotional eating uh and uh uh probably to describe my family like every one of us was was obese morbidly obese we grew up and we were big boned people and um, <laughs> I certainly convinced myself it wasn't what I was putting in my mouth. My bones were just swelling. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest uh, damn bones. I just got to get rid of all this muscle, you yeah. know? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And uh, we, we all kind of grappled with, with our weight um, from, you know, from growing up. And uh, it, this extended to my extended family as well. Um, especially on my mom's side. Sorry. No, sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> that is but, a call. Um, you know, uh, obesity was a was a, a, a big part of, of growing up um, and, and dealing with uh, with weight and being made fun of. I mean, I remember on uh, particular times that I, I'm talking like young adolescent age trying to go outside and like jog and then people drive by and yell stuff out their window <laughs> at you like uh, Shamu or fat ass or whatever wow. it is. I mean, and I'm talking 13 I'm trying or 14 not to smile years old. Because like, I know this is Yeah, traumatic. was it you, you <laughs> son of a bitch? <laughs> He's like, I'm trying not to I'm smile. To, but the but look on your little face. But you're kind of smiling too. So it's like <laughs> your little chubby I'm, face that day was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it was you. It was. I know. Yeah, it's, you're the I, reason I am not that trauma. person. But it just, this, well, let's just pretend you were. Yeah. yeah okay. It's more fun that way. Yeah. All right. But yeah, so, you know, just kind of dealt with, with some of that growing up. Um, it's kind of interesting growing up because my, uh, my dad and my uncle, uh, I say they, they owned like a little league uh, football team, like a peewee football team in Council Bluffs. They're called the Council Bluffs Rams. 
Um, if you guys are local and played sports at all, you might have heard of them. Um, they've since disbanded a while ago, but um, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, we were uh, we would we would play the Omaha teams. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the seasons that I played uh, football as as a young kid. Um, most of those seasons, we actually won like the the Metro Championship. So we'd come over here and beat like uh, the the Gladiators, sure. yeah, and yeah. Um, and then we would go and play teams like in Texas. Like we would go to Texas and play teams. So um, when I tell people it was kind of a big deal, it kind of was. <laughs> and, sure, you know, I mean, deal. most team most Pee Wee teams aren't packing up and heading to Texas. No. Um, so. Um, that was a, a, a really important experience because on one hand, we have the insecurities of my weight growing up. On the other hand, uh, I was, uh, well, like when I was 10 years old, I was the MVP of the football team. So oh, wow. like we played, I still remember, we came over and we played the Gladiators and I was the running back and I, I rushed for 234 yards and scored three touchdowns. Wow. Um, I still remember this oh, in yeah. my head. Are still living in our glory days right yeah. now? Yeah, I, of course. Are, Isn't that the name of this I podcast, Glory Days? It's yeah. It is. This is Glory Days, yes. <laughs> but um, just the confidence on that side of things meshed with insecurities with the weight. And it's like, well, which one is going to live here? Which one's going to outlast the other? Um, and I've really kind of grappled with a lot of that throughout the years, honestly. Like the sure. confidence would take me in certain directions, but the weight would kind of bring me down. And my whole life, I kind of accordioned back and forth and back and forth. Um, so that kind of explains a little bit of my upbringing and just some of the, some of the, I guess, pressures that I went through as a kid and, uh, and at least a little backstory that at least kind of leads you up through up to the biggest loser a little bit, you know, sure. and, and why I would kind of get on that show to try to fix the craziness inside <laughs> of me, you know. <laughs> so as a kid, how often would you say you're getting bullied then? Was it weekly, daily? No, it wasn't weekly. I was a big kid. It, so, it, I mean, it didn't happen a lot. Um, I was one of the biggest kids in my class growing up. Like I was always thicker and I'm not talking like tubby but i yeah. was i was yeah. th- a thicker kid sure um and uh i mean you've seen jimmy around the neighborhood yeah. i was kind of like jimmy my, yeah. my son he's like we, built yeah he's like I mean, built so yeah. i was kind of like him but i was also if not the fastest kid in my class the second fastest uh so i had those things kind of going for me um so not a lot of kids if they were they were older kids sure. but the times it would happen really stung really hurt because sure. i just couldn't figure out like how on one hand, uh, I could, you know, all these people looked up to me. And then on the other hand, um, I could just feel like complete and utter shit and be as low as low. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, it was kind of hard to grapple and deal with growing up. It's yeah. sad. I mean, bullying, bullying's a real thing. And, you know, especially online today, yep. it's just, yeah, it is. I don't know what the answer is and, you know, people need to be kinder, but I, I wasn't bullied too much. I, I don't know about you. No, I mean, just like you were. I was bullied by you. Buck tooth a little bit. You know, you kind of weird ears. Can we just bully him the rest (laughs) of this podcast, though? Can we just like. This is called the bully podcast. Jeez, deep thoughts. Yeah. Alex Pierce. (laughs) (laughs) Jack was bullied this week, he said. Was he? Yeah, he said a couple, uh, grade or two above, said he was ugly. He was walking down the hall and called him ugly or something. And I was like, you know, like we had to have a conversation about it. And I'm like, you're not ugly. Like, 
You're a Pearson, man. You're a Pearson. Of course you're not. You know, there's no way that's possible. Oh, I it was go a different direction. Yeah, yeah. But son, get used to this. Yeah, you're a Pearson. Yeah. <laughs> well, ugh. I don't want to. I don't want to show that out too early. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, let's let's cut into the biggest loser. So run yeah. us through the process. You know, obviously weight was an issue, and how did you? you know, sign up or get selected for the big solution. The selection process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Um, Cause this show is what back in middle. It was 2006, 2006. is when, uh, when I was on the show, it started, I think in like uh, 2003 was like the first year. Okay. So, um, you know, nowadays, uh, I mean, there are still reality TV shows, but they're not as prevalent on the big networks anymore. Yeah, you I know, agree. It's like um, E and true. Bravo. Yeah, they've yeah. really kind of deviated to like your cable, your cable networks or whatnot. Yeah. It was but, huge at one point. Oh, it's huge, yes. huge, and we kind of hit it right at that time, like yeah. three years in. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, I was a high school uh, speech and theater teacher in uh-huh. Kansas City, Missouri, at the time, and uh, I was three years into my career. Um, and like I said, I'd been struggling with my weight uh, really my whole life, uh, and it was. Uh, it was really like enveloping my uh, whole sense of identity. As soon as sports kind of went by the wayside, um, then I started packing on weight at, at a, like a, a crazy pace. Um, and I think when I graduated high school, it's probably around 350 pounds or somewhere in there. Okay. Um, I started uh, undergrad. When I was in undergrad, I my freshman year, I was like, hey, it'd be nice to have, I don't know, maybe a female look in my general direction. <laughs> um, and not because That'd they sure thought be there nice. was an eclipse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst. But, uh, but yeah, so I was like, you know, it'd be nice to get some attention. And uh, so I lost 95 pounds in, in like a little over a summer. I was wow. just like, I'm going to do it. Cow. I knew I could do it. Like, because I had had to lose weight before to play football and all that stuff. So um, I just like put my mind to it, lost about 95 pounds, probably about four or five months uh, and came back my sophomore year and just went on the parade of ass. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was not like that. Am I, no. am I, am I a cursing limit yet? Yeah, We're like no, five no, minutes hey, on. No, no, you're good. Love it. <laughs> no, but I, I went back and, and I, yeah, I was starting to get more attention and that felt great. Um, and uh, so anyway, um, when I was a senior in high school and I was gaining a lot of weight, uh, I got license plates that said, I'm fat. Okay. <laughs> That's bold. Yeah. Yeah. So you're trying to own it. Yeah. I, said, well, I wasn't trying. I did own it. Like okay. everything that I, I was just known. I was the Chris Farley guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I could and, see that. You're um, funny. You're a funny man. Funny. I, I did. Yeah. yeah. And I would did do, you do all, that, the stuff. all the stuff. Yeah. And when I was a, a, a freshman, I'm just bopping all over in time, but I was a freshman in high school. Um, we went to this, like, it was like homecoming week and we do this like big coronation where like everybody in the school was like an assembly and parents came to it because they were going to crown who the homecoming king and queen were. Sure. Um, and, uh, all the different grades got to do like lip syncs or whatever it is. And, uh, I, uh, you know, they had me go out there for the freshman class, you know, and all I did was rip off my shirt and start shaking my fat like chunk on the goonies. Okay. Yeah. And from then it was like everybody knew who Marty was. Yeah. I mean, people would be in the hallways like, do, do it, do it, do, do it. it, you know, shake like, the gut. And like people would just there were no boundaries. People yeah. would just come up and grab my fat rolls, grab my boobs, like oh, everywhere. I mean, it was it was literally who I was. Yeah. And it, like good luck trying to escape it at that oh, point. Yeah. And you're you, insecure and yep. you want to fit in anyway. You were so it's like cast. Eh. 
And yep. so I just owned it. I like owned that space. It was who I was. By the time I was graduating high school, I was like, I, I was dancing with our dance team. Like they would bring me in as like Fat Cupid and doing all this other stuff. Like where I was like, like the center, you know, the 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 star in like their dance routines and sure. different yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just, it really was like who I was. So when I got my I'm fat license plates, it was a no, like everybody's like, of course you did. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course right. you did. Yep. Uh, but my favorite part of those license plates were like when you're driving down the road and you have those license plates and people like come up behind you and read that, they want to see the person yeah, driving, yeah. you know? <laughs> so they're like, yeah, they're, like around screech you. over yeah. and start like revving up next is, to you, you know? Yeah. yeah, they want to know. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. Because you knew people, because the whole car would be like staring <laughs> over at you. <laughs> And just to see if you were fat. And of course, there's a fat dude looking back at him. So I'm like, normally, no, I'm normally waving with like a cheeseburger because, like, you know, I'm eating in the car like at all times. I got a milkshake. I'm like, Bleh. no hands on the wheel. I've got like a, like a Thanksgiving spread, yeah. a charcuterie board. I'm cutting up. Big old turkey leg. Yeah, I yeah. should have, yeah. just for the people, like yeah. drumsticks. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, so um, anyway, we're, I'm trying to get to the biggest loser, but no, um, I promise you this all plays in. So um, by the time I'm, I'm a high school teacher and all of that, and I've owned this identity for a long time, um, to me, it was once again, kind of a, of a no brainer. Like I'd, I lost a hundred pounds previously. I'm like, I can do this again. So um, I, I was also in theater, so I'd done my fair share of like auditioning for things. So it really was kind of a business decision. I'm like, there is no better show that I would actually ever fall into. Uh, I can audition, uh, I can lose weight, and I fit the bill. I mean, I have been living the identity that I know they want on TV forever. They don't have to find, I don't have to be anybody else. Right. I can literally show up there with my I'm fat license plates and go, who else? I mean, yeah. come on. Right. Like, right. Who else are you going to cast? Yeah. That's going to um, be better than me. And then have Nobody. me talk. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll tell you all the crazy stuff that that has happened, you know, from running down the street as an early adolescent being called Shamu and whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've got all of the stories, good, bad, and whatever. Um, so uh, the auditioning process, it was uh, Martin Luther King Day of 2006. I know yeah. that day specifically because I did not have school. Uh, I was a high school teacher, so uh, we were off of school. If we weren't off school, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't oh. be it, doing this podcast because I would have never, I would have never auditioned for a reality TV show, um, and, and taken off of work. You wouldn't have taken yeah. off work. To I do wouldn't it. have done. Right? It's not, people, wasn't that important. how many people auditioned? Okay, so there were three hundred thousand people that auditioned for the Holy. season. It, locally there in Kansas City, uh, that uh, that year there were about I think. A little over a thousand people in line by the end of the day i got there at about six o'clock in the morning i think it opened up at 10 like they started auditions at 10 but i got there at six and waited in line i was number 103 because they pass out pieces of paper sure. like yep yeah. that are numbered. next yeah next exactly <laughs> and uh a local uh, a local radio station pulled up with like Krispy Kreme donuts <laughs> and, like <laughs> handed them out to the crowd of course we're like all just like zombies, idiots, just like cheering, like yeah, <laughs> you know, getting fist fights. I want the jelly donuts. <laughs> Not really, 
happened. None of this really happened. It happened in my mind. It didn't actually happen. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was funny that they showed up and we were all like, ah. But it was pretty cool to be like even standing in line that day. You know, you're just with your people. Yeah. You know, there's no other way of really explaining it other than that. And uh, and it was just a fun experience to be in line. But uh, I was surveying the other people in line. Like I was kind of using different audition strategies yeah. because Sizing I wanted to. Um, I wanted a different story. I wanted a different take. Uh, I didn't want to go in there with the same, you know, I've got kids and I've got, I'm going to die. If I, don't, <laughs> if I don't shape up, I'm going to die. And here's the picture of them. And I knew they heard that sob story all the time. So I kind of yeah. wanted to just go a different direction. I didn't know what it was, but I'm like, I, they need to know who Marty is. So you didn't have a game know. plan going. It wasn't until you got in line that you came up with your game plan. Uh, well, I mean, I brought or, my I'm Fat license plates, and okay. I brought some other stuff, because they ask you to bring, like, pictures and different stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah. So paint I, a picture. Help paint the picture with yeah, the stuff. Stuff. Was the yeah. license plate on a chain that you could put I should have done, like, a flavor yeah. flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally should have. Yeah. Blinged out. That would have been awesome. Uh, no, I, you just bring, like, pictures, and I had my license plates. I thought, that's all I really needed, really, is just yeah. to, like, come on. Um, Were you a... Fr- Sorry to interrupt. Were you afraid that they were going to think that you liked being fat? Like, because you're in the, you come with the license plate, like, you're like, like, this guy's never going to yeah, lose weight. He doesn't want to lose weight. Yeah. Yeah, he just, <laughs> Why are you even here? Yeah, you actually seem like you like it. Oh, my God. I never thought about that. Um, so no, like that really wasn't. No, no that okay. wasn't anywhere in my mind. Um, but an interesting, <laughs> that's an interesting take that I've never really heard before. Um, but yeah, so uh, I finally got in there and people sit around a table similar to this one, actually. And there's like eight of us contestants and one uh, casting producer. And they just go right down the line of people and they ask like three simple questions, you know, and they cap you at like 30 seconds, you know. So, you yeah, know, just yeah, go a thousand people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I knew you had to be quick and concise and get things through. But I do remember one question they asked. They said, um, what uh, it, after you lose all the weight? Um, and uh, let's say you're wearing an inspirational T-shirt that you a, a message that you want to send to the world, and it's on an inspirational T-shirt. What would that T-shirt say? Like, and they got to me, now. and I said, my T-shirt would say, "I found my penis." <laughs> <laughs> I thought we might yeah. get into that. That's awesome. That yeah. with the license plates. And my audition flyer went in the good pile. They called me back later that night and said, we want to bring you back for uh, another round of like on-camera interviews. So a couple days later, after that large cattle call audition, I was at an embassy suites in downtown Kansas City, and uh, which is kind of weird because you, you go up into like this suite, this room, uh, and you're like, what the am casting... I going to have to do here? Yeah, well the, ca- <laughs> well, the room is full of cameras, and it's two, like, young women who are the casting. I'm like, yes! <laughs> this Finally! is going to a good start. Yeah. Finally! Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> it pays to be a reality star, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we do the on-camera interview, and that goes really well. Like, I was there almost two hours, and they were, like, oh, you know, asking me all different stuff. Um and then they're like, oh, we like you. We're going to pass you on to the next round of producers. Um, we're just the field producer or whatever. Like, we're just the first level. I'm like, oh, my gosh. We're like the so interns. More like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah, we, yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, they passed my stuff on. But they, they wanted me to make, like, film. Like, do different, like, uh, 
videos of my life at home and, and send them pictures and more stuff. So like, okay, so this process isn't ending soon. So I did that, I sent more stuff in, they keep calling back. Um, to, it's a long process, but it's probably, um, it was probably a good, at least a three month process. Wow. Uh, back and forth, back and forth with them. I think on two different occasions, I would send more films and more information that they wanted about my How life and all of this other me. stuff. Yeah. Then it started picking up when they called me and they said, um, hey, um, we want you, uh, you need to go get checked out by your general practitioner to make sure that you're healthy enough to go on a TV show about being massively overweight. I'm like, <laughs> you're healthy enough to go on the fat show. I'm like... Yeah. What kind Does of bar is this, yeah. you know? What parameters do we have? Yeah, exactly. Here? I'm yeah. like, yeah, Doc, I'm healthy. My ticker's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what do we do? So uh, I had to go there. And then uh, then it really started picking up because they started sending, like, contracts. Uh, and then it really got serious when they told me a lawyer from NBC was going to be calling. And I was not to joke with them. I'm like, wow. oh, so I'm getting across here. They, yeah. they know. Jokester's coming yeah. out. So. Real funny guy. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, a lawyer from NBC called and they asked me all these serious questions. You know, like, have you ever raped anybody? Have you ever, you know, have you ever done drugs? Yeah. Oh, wow. Lied. No. <laughs> have you ever done I've this? I've done it that? all. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Please. What's drugs? <laughs> yeah. Def like, define Define it. smoking. Yeah. <laughs> talking about nose candy? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so then things started really picking up. And then I literally got this phone call. Okay, Marty. Hi, this is V from The Biggest Loser. Um, hey, you are you are a finalist. That does not mean you are on the show. It means that we are very we are interested in flying you out here, uh, but we're still in the last process of making some cuts. So, uh, we are going to send you airplane tickets on Tuesday to fly out next Saturday. Okay, so flying out four days later. Sure. Um, what time of year is this? What's that? It's I mean, spring. Okay, it's yeah. so you're still working. I'm still right in the middle of school. Yeah. And by the way, I, I, I signed like an NDA to like not tell anybody about any of this. So even That'd my, be own, my so employer hard. couldn't know. Your own lawyer? My employer. Oh, employer. Yeah, yeah. My, the principal, my principal at the school could not know uh, until they told me that I could tell him. You know, because you'd be missing school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and that was the point that I said, "Can I tell my employer now?" And they're like, "Yes, but only if you get the tickets on Tuesday, because there's still a chance if we do not send you tickets on Tuesday, then you're not on the show." Gotcha. So, so that's waited. how you were gonna know yes. whether the tickets showed tickets up. Tickets come in. I'm a finalist. I'm flying out that Saturday. Okay. So in four days to like get your life in order and pack everything and ugh, all the craziness. Um, so anyway, they. Um, I got the tickets, went and talked to my boss. My boss was like, you have to do this. This is amazing. He was super supportive. That's um, awesome. Yeah, he yeah, was he could have gone the, the other way. Oh, and, like, and if I would have like even detected a hint of hesitancy, there's no way. Like I said, I wasn't even willing to take off work right. to, to go on audition. Lose your job. You didn't, yeah, you don't want yeah, to yeah. burn bridges and all that. So, um, so yeah, so then I, I put everything together. Three, like I think about two months of, of plans for a substitute to come in and cover for me. Um, and kind of, you know, just kind of pry away from my life as I knew it at that time and fly to L.A. I'd never been there before. So I flew to L.A. Um, and they, they bring you to a hotel um, 
and you're <laughs> the interesting. So you know they're flying other fat people out there, and there's not a ton of fat people in L.A. You know what I mean? Right. So you're like every fat person you see, you're like, oh, is that my competition? Yeah. You're like sizing everybody up. You know? You ever seen a Spider-Man GIF where they're all pointing at each other? Like, yeah. you, you, <laughs> no, you, I am. Oh, like, oh, that's a good. Hey, we gotta take a quick break, real quick. Are you committing yourself to exercising in 2021? We can't help you keep your head out of the Cheetos bag, but we can help fix up your exercise equipment. Don't let your fitness equipment be the reason you don't hit your goals. Call Fitness Machine Technicians today. Fitness Machine Technicians repair and maintain all makes and models of fitness equipment. Some of our clients include hotels, apartments, gyms, corporate companies, assisted living, physical therapy, and let's not forget the homeowners. Fitness machine technicians keep your equipment fit to keep you fit. Give us a call at 402-871-4735. We're back with the Brotherside Podcast. Sorry about that really abrupt ending there. We had to take a quick break. I saw the clock and knew we were out of time. Um, but we're here with Marty Wolf. He was just telling us about his audition process for The Biggest Loser and how crazy it was to travel out to LA and you know the craziness going into that part of it. Yeah, so we, uh, we showed up and uh, you, you go to a hotel and uh, the first day you're there, uh, they bring all of the contestants down uh, to like their, the ballroom or whatever. And they explained to you what the show is about, that the show started it, and um, they found out that the weight loss that these people were having uh, kind of defied science because never before had, um, had weight loss been done in this way where it was uh, through old fashioned diet and exercise, but with kind of athletic style training. The doctor from The Biggest Loser was the, um, he was the former physician for, uh, I believe the LA, yeah, the LA Raiders. Okay. Um, okay. So he kind of brought like an athletic style mm-hmm. and they went to him to like start the show. Like, can this, I think they went to several doctors like to We're start the show. We're looking for somebody to okay this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They're like, all right, which one do we give blow to? All right, that guy. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, he, he kind of, he was like, I, I think we could, we can do this. Um, so they, they were explaining how it was like, like defying history. You know, and that there was a lot of research to come out of what was happening on the show and how fast people were losing weight because it was like gastric bypass-like results, but through diet and exercise. And uh, so it was a pretty interesting development on like the, the scientific side of things as well. Sure. Not to mention, you know, the transformations that people go through um, and that, that you see in people's lives on the show. Um, but they bring you all together, but you find out there was another hotel full of people. Wow. So they brought out, so on my season, there were 14 people that ended up on the show as contestants that people saw. Um, but there were 70 people flown out there for the last round of auditions. So I'm Holy like, okay, cow. so three months, all this back and forth, I get flown out there, I take off my job. You mean to tell me there's, I'm still there's not 30 a- people here that are going to do everything that I did only to go back home literally the biggest loser yeah. it's like, yeah. like i couldn't get on the fat show they didn't want me i should have hit one more buffet you know like because at that point what talent do you have to get you on that show? you don't yeah. have talent you're you know like sure. there's no talent it's not like american idol you're just a big slob you know what i mean so yeah but you, it's all about like 
personality. Charisma. Obviously, yeah, charisma. <laughs> yeah. But there's got to be some separators. I don't know. I mean, how did you get separated yeah, from it? that group then? Your I, personality, I think, for sure. I, this is just my, I think I was separated from the get-go. Like I said, like... Um, with the t-shirt. With the t-shirt and, and, we gotta get and the, the videos and all the other stuff. Because when I showed up, like, people, people knew who I was. I mean, they knew who a lot of people were because they'd been watching film of a lot of people. Um, but I would just hear comments from people like, you have, a, you have great energy on camera and, mm -hmm. and other things. People just seemed to, like, know my name there. Um, and um, so what, what you would do throughout this uh, week that you were in this hotel, they don't give you your key to your room. Um, so, cause they don't want you to come and go freely. Like they lock you in. It's like your first, it's your real first taste of being sequestered, which you, you will be sequestered the whole rest of this whole thing come to find out. Huh. So, um, they lock Jeez. you in your room. You have to call and ask if you want food. Um, like, oh, which, yeah. uh, they I let do. you out a couple of times throughout the week. Um, to, to like take pictures. Yard time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they take you to get food. I mean, they fatten you up. Like they, like, they would take you to Chipotle and I get like two or three burritos. I'd be like, oh, this will do me for a, a day or two. Baloney, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was pounding those. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm in there bored. eating a burrito and a half, you know. Yeah. Hey, I was in training, guys. Yeah. I was in training. Yeah. So, um, but you would do, go and do what was called a network interview where you had to go down and you had to sit in front of the big wigs and they would ask you questions. It was like the one day they were gonna fly in the really important people for this whole process. So there are people from NBC, from the production company there, and there's probably six or eight people in the room and you come and sit in this chair and, and talk and whatnot. That went really well for me. Um, and uh, I heard after the fact, like my wife had a little bit different experience in there. Like they brought all the, the females back in um, my season and said, you're not on the show, but we want you to convince us why you should be. And oh. so they all had to kind of fight for a position on the show. Like it was kind of a weird, they probably just wanted to see like, all right, who's our most emotionally reactive. Yeah. yeah. Who's like, going to give us something, yeah, you know, yeah. um, who's explosive. So this was, but that tells you that, that, that their decision-making wasn't clear there. Right. Um, they didn't know how to decide. Yeah. And what was really interesting is when you showed up, you, you started categorizing each other. Like you saw, like I fit the young, I was like the young white guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> young, white, funny um, guy. Yeah. 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 And uh, there was another guy who kind of looked like me. Like we called him like my stunt double. Doppelganger. Yeah. Doppelganger. Yeah. Doppelganger. <laughs> yeah. Was this a, yeah. Was this a couple season? Or was no, it was just ironic no, your no, wife it, got on too? Yeah. Yes. Oh, That's okay. how they met. Yeah, we met on the they show. Met on the yeah, show. Yeah, That's met part on the of the show. story. That's man. part of the story. We're never yeah. getting to it. But oh, yeah. Yes, we are. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, anyway, network interview. So I was pretty sure that whole time, like that I was I, I was pretty confident that I was gonna be on the show. Yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it. I just think it was meant to be. Just, yeah, yeah. I get that. Meant to be. So that's that's crazy that your experience and Amy, your wife's experience is mm -hmm. so different. But how did, I mean, just briefly, how did, she, was her process pretty similar up to that point? Like all the interviews or the back and yes. forth and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, all of those steps she took as well. Uh, she auditioned from a different location. She was sure. in Virginia Beach, I believe, yeah. where they did a, another audition from there. Um, yeah, but she, it was the same process. Same yeah. process yeah. up to the LA, up to yep, LA. up to LA. And when we when we went downstairs and had our like first meeting when we first arrived with everybody in the ballroom, I met her in the um, in the elevator. It was the first time I met her. 
What and I looked words? at her. She First thought words. I was a high school student because no. <laughs> I had my high school T-shirt on because I was a teacher. Sure. And you were young. Had a How old on. were you at this time? I was 25. So yeah, I still so had still my, pretty my young. Yeah. Yeah. baby face. Chubby little baby eyes. face. Yeah. 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 And what were your first my words My baby blues her? and my baby face, you know? You can't resist it right now. <laughs> yeah. I am hey, hey, struggling. Hey. We're trying, yeah. <laughs> trying to hold you back yeah, over there. Yeah. Good thing I'm sitting on the other side of Alex. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Amy's got tons of energy like you. Like, she's funny. She's energetic. So I can see why she would get through a lot of those yeah, s- yeah. same hurdles yep. that you did. Yep. A lot of the people, a lot of the folks... You know, on The Biggest Loser, they're all, most of us are extroverted, you know, yeah. um, in some way. Technically, I am introverted a lot, but. Um, mm, I'm not, I'm not I feeling know, that vibe I right know now. people don't feel that vibe, but it, it is how I get my energy. Um, I mean, after this, I'll be dead for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> just sleeping. <laughs> yeah. I, I put so much energy. I'll, I'll just go, I'll go home and put in an IV of a milkshake and just <laughs> get me through the next three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> so what was the biggest person on this show? Oh, uh, it was Eric Chopin. He was from New York. Um, and he, I believe he was 407 pounds. I think. No, 416 pounds. And when what was started. your fighting weight? I was, uh, I was 365 when I okay. started the show. Yeah. So yep. is it, it's a percentage based of who loses the most, correct? Yep. The most, per, yep. Weight loss percentage. Yep. So it goes off of your starting number. Right. Yep. And, and what's the diet consist of? Is it intermittent yeah, fasting? The, once, the, once the show started, was it really strict after that? Or is it kind of up to you a little bit? Like how stricter you were to yourself? I mean, it is up to you. Nobody's sure. forcing no, you to do but anything. Like, hey, but this is your choice. It's Sell also very competitive. I mean, yeah. you get very competitive people on the show. I mean, yeah. most people have a background of athletics or something. Yeah. Um, or... Yeah, yeah, some kind of, of a background that makes them a fighter. And they're going to, everybody's looking for a leg up. So cheating or doing anything that, like deviating from your diet, just really wasn't an option. Yeah. But some people would have small, minor lapses, but um, sure, yeah. most people were looking for a competitive edge. Yeah. Um, even down to the point where the doctor was drawing our blood every week and would come back with like a sodium solution. Because we were in L.A. and essentially we were in like a studio with these lights and they didn't have LED lights uh, back then in the early 2000s. They were just the the regular like halogen lights. So we were essentially in a makeshift tent in in the desert with theatrical lighting everywhere, studio lighting everywhere, beaming down on us. And this is where fat people were working out. In this. So we were, I mean, you're just sweating constant. I'm just constant, constant. And the production staff would do the best they could, but lots of times, like, there just wasn't water down there. Um, And we're like, what? They have one job. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Hydration. So people needed, like, sodium solution and stuff, like, to, to, like, retain water. Um, But people would, like, the doctor would pass it out to to you, but people would just kind of put it right down the sink and whatnot. Um, So the show would want you to do one thing and the medical staff, but people would choose not to at times. And they would literally, they got to the point where people had to be watched because they weren't trusting people to not, to not cheat and try to do things like that. Um, But people were, I mean, even they, and so... It gets even crazier when people go home and they're no longer on the ranch and they're no longer being filmed every second of the day Um, because then people are doing Lord knows what and they're consulting their bodybuilder friend um, 
who's like, yeah, all you need to, you know, here, I'll give you a couple shots in the ass. And yeah. you, you know, you'll be fine. Don't eat for a month. You know? <laughs> like, what, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> How long does the process go for? Is it, you said three months? Okay, so um, the whole process, okay, from the day we started filming to the finale was about eight and a half months. Whoa. So we started filming in oh. April, and we didn't have our finale until... Um, until December 13th, I think, of, of that same year, okay? Wow. So it was a long process. Yeah. But what happens is, it, it, so it's the longest running reality TV show, uh, like as far as how season. long they have to film it, okay? okay. Yeah. So they have a long filming period. I think The Bachelor goes off in like six weeks. So um, in six weeks, the dude, you know, shuffles through 32 women, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and at the end, I'm in love? No, yeah. I'm confused by the end, okay? Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, whatever. But it probably has to be a long, so there's, you can see tangible results. results. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, it so does take time for Ours was almost four months of filming. So the last people that ended, like the final four people, uh, they were there about four months. I was there a little over three months. Uh, on the show. So, and then once everybody gets, uh, you know, goes home, gets either eliminated or then they're in the final three or four at the end, and then they go home, there's about four or five months until the finale. Um, so you eventually get kicked off of the show. Um, <laughs> Is that then, because you didn't I... hit your weight loss goal? Is it always that the reason? No, it's the team votes you oh, off that's right. that's for right. various yeah. reasons. Yeah. Um, Marty's a douche. Yeah. Get him out of here. Yeah, well, that's yeah. exactly what they said. Did you watch the <laughs> yeah. season last yeah, night? Oh, my God. I've got a new fan. Yeah. <laughs> As I look at the what camera. What Camera two. Camera two. Uh, <laughs> such an idiot. Uh, but so you get, yeah, you get uh, eliminated from the show. And then uh, about a month later, so I was eliminated in, uh, in uh, July, the beginning of July. And then August, no, it was September 20th the uh the show premiered so it was like two months later they were editing and stuff and then it premieres and the world sees your first episode by that point i'd lost 125 pounds wow. so nobody so i was this is one of my favorite stories i would literally be in the gym watching like a rerun of biggest loser on tv jogging and nobody could put two and two together that i was the guy on tv that big of a transformation seriously yeah. Because I was like 125, 130 Just pounds Just didn't even lighter. look like yeah. you. Nope. Nope. Nobody could put two and two together. People wouldn't ever put two and two together that I'm watching myself on TV in the gym. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Like, that is. The that Bachelor is. couldn't do that. He couldn't no. go and watch himself in a public setting like that. No. Right. And not have, like, have people at least interested. Yeah. But it's yeah. the weird dynamic of The Biggest Loser of really being like incognito. Nobody knows until you are revealed. When you get eliminated, your episode comes up where you're eliminated from the show, then they flash forward and show you like then. Uh, then people start to kind of recognize you, right. but nobody really knows who you are. Um, and it's just kind of an interesting thing until the finale and then people see you and then people were spotting me all over the place, mostly right. buffets. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to sign a pretty extensive NDA to not talk about the show. Yeah, right? you couldn't talk about the show before, you know, before the, the finale. What, um, what happens if you do? Uh, you signed a million dollars. Oh, you said yeah. Ooh. You said for a million dollar fine. Or I'll fee shut or the hell up. Or whatever. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I won't say anything. That'd be kind of hard to hold it all in. It, it is. It, it is hard. But I think everybody violates it in one way, shape, or form. Sure. Like yeah. one of those things was uh, w when you're eliminated. Um, 
and you're at home training, you're not to uh, see any of the other contestants. And I'm like, I was dating one. (laughs) So uh, good Uh, luck with that. At that point, I'm like, I don't care. Kick me off the show. I don't care. Kick me off the show. What are you going to do now? You've got everything. Right. You've got my whole life. You've got all of it. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to throw it, throw all of that out? Right. You know? Yeah. What point did you and Amy start dating on the show? Like, well, we like didn't start dating until after the show. Okay. okay. Uh, is when we, we started dating. Um, and yeah, we, we, our relationship developed, uh, through the show. Um, and so technically, uh, let's get into some dirt. What do you say? Boys, let's, yeah, do, let's it. do it. Yes. Yes. So I was married to a different person when I went on the show. Oh, yeah. One of those deals. Uh, yeah. yeah. One of those, yeah. you know, guys. I've heard of this yeah. happening. One yeah. of those deals. Yeah. Uh, you, you go on a reality so TV I show. I will spare the, because this in itself is a whole new podcast. Uh, and I'm not talking about episode, like a whole podcast, yeah. like oh, yeah. a season. Wow. Uh, but people can actually go online um, and read a lot about it. Um, but, um, but yeah, I was, I was married to somebody else at the beginning. Uh, but the show was instrumental in really me finding myself and realizing that um, it, it was twofold. Realizing my worth and my value and grappling with a lot of the insecurities of growing up with my weight and, and, uh, and getting into a relationship with essentially the first person that I received love from, I latched onto, I was like, oh, it's forever with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, uh, and then on the show, meeting, meeting Amy, but also at the same time, um, discovering me and my worth and, and evaluating life and just realizing, you know, that, um, I, I hadn't been honest with myself and therefore I hadn't been honest with my partner that I sure. had been with. Uh, and it's at so the same deep. time, so this is all going like on. It. Meanwhile, I meet, I literally meet my soulmate. I mean, I'm 25. I was a year and a half into a marriage and I, I met my angel. I really did. And what do you do? What do you do in life? you know, when this happens. And a lot of people came back and were critical of me. And they were like, you know, it's just this Hollywood thing. And this, I'm like, no, I, I'm, I, I pretty know, yeah. I know myself pretty well. Like it's not, it's not all the glitz and glamor of Hollywood. And it's not, you know, people, it's, the grass isn't greener on the other side. And, yeah. and I can honestly say, you know, 15 years later, the grass was so much greener yeah. on this <laughs> Actually, side. It and can you be. were all wrong. And I'm glad that I went with my gut. But I'm glad that I went with my instincts, you know, and because I thank the Lord Savior above every single day. This is the single best decision I ever made in my whole life. And not and I'm not trying to divorced. put anybody wow. down. But when, when it, the decision notes, is that clear, it is that clear. But I met my soulmate on, on that and I just could like, yeah. And the part that really sucked and ultimately became my story on the show was... Um, fighting to let that old me go, which included her sure. uh, and accepted a, a new me and the potential of being with Amy the rest of my life. Cause I really didn't know. Like yeah. I didn't know cause she got eliminated before me and I didn't know Loser. she'd go yeah. home. To, <laughs> yeah. She was smoking hot. I didn't know she was going to go back with all those new boy toys she had back there. Sorry, sweetheart. Uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't much to look at, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, it wasn't like a guarantee or anything like that. Uh, but I knew that I had to, uh, I had to go back to my old life, you know, into my, um, my now ex-wife and, uh, and, 
yeah, and end things on that front, and then maybe start things on, you know, with the direction with Amy. So there was a little controversy surrounding yeah. me on the show. A lot of changes. A lot of changes. A lot of changes, yeah. What's the biggest misconception with reality TV? Okay, with the biggest loser in particular, the biggest misconception that I think of just through people asking throughout the years is, well, I could lose weight too if I had a personal chef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That really yeah. wasn't the case. Um, they didn't let us off the ranch. Like they wouldn't ever let us leave. Uh, so yes, they would have like production assistants go out and buy our, get our food. And the biggest loser paid for our food when we were there. Which, so yeah, the finances yeah. were not, and the, the actual task of going to the grocery store was not anything that we had to do. But we did have to select the food. We had to make the choices and write them down. They would go get them and bring it back. And we had to prepare our own food. So we had to know about the nutrition. And we had to be able to prepare it. It was part of the process of learning how to do it. It's also cheaper than yeah. hiring oh. a chef for the show. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was a part of our training on the show. And, and yeah, it, and it was pretty boring. Like the eating, like a lot of people ask about, like, what was your food like? Like it was anything special. I'm like, it's everything everybody always tells you to do. It's just, we are so competitive, we actually do it. Yeah. By the time you have cameras on you everywhere, uh, and either you're going to follow the, the, the diet and you're going to follow, you know, uh, with what everybody is saying to do, or you're going to be the one asshole who deviates and gets caught. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So if you cheat, you're just a dipshit. You know what I mean? At that point, you're just the, the, the dumbass. Yeah. Like, Maybe why you even for TV So it's just the pressure is really ratcheted up as far as staying in line. Uh, and, and that accountability, because that's what it is, is it's accountability is why they have such great um, great results on The Biggest Loser. They had the results and they have people that come in that are just 100% stick to it, stick to it. Because if you imagine like your random doctor who's trying to, uh, you know, figure out or, or scientist or researcher who's coming out with a new line of, of weight loss medication or whatever it is, whatever it could be, shakes or whatever it is. Uh, their biggest variable, the biggest X factor is to what extent, I've got to find this population, so this population of obese people, but to what extent are they actually going to follow through and do it? Are you there watching them every day? Right. It is the single biggest factor, X factor, and like, are they actually following the diet? And the crazy, so research like can be very, very cloudy because you don't know to what extent. I mean, you can survey people, but how honest are they really yeah, going to right, be? Yeah. Uh, I mean, people lie to their doctor every day with life and death issues. Sure. So who's to say, you know, no, I'm I getting paid 30 bucks. What do I care? You know what I mean? For yeah. your for your survey, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but on The Biggest Loser, it, it, that is not generally the case. Like, it is so serious and strict. And that's why science, the science community kind of latched onto it. And they did, uh, like the National Institute of Health did like a follow-up study with The Biggest Loser. And there's been a lot of like uh, interesting developments with science uh, with the show. But um, to get back to your question about like with reality TV in general, the biggest misconceptions, I really don't know because my only experience is with The Biggest Loser. But I will say a lot of people ask, you know, did you, were you bothered with the editing of the show? Like did they yeah. ever edit? It's... And I'm like, it's not like they edit different words in your mouth. Like, yeah, it's not like, like they. I did say <laughs> those. They clip in. It's not yeah. like they clipped and paste me. You know, I ate penis. You know, like yeah. anything <laughs> like that. It's like second penis. They reference. never did that. Sorry, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's not like they ever did that. 
generally, if you said it, you said it. Um, I never felt like they took me out of context of like, uh, you, you know, I said are. something in this context, but yeah. they put it in a different context. I never felt like violated. Like sure. that, that, and I also knew what they had as well. I yeah. knew what, I knew what I gave them and I knew what they had. Um, and I, yeah, I, I didn't ever feel like they, they, they misrepresented, misrepresented you. me. Um, yeah, now I, other shows, I don't know how they do it. But the biggest loser in general, I think, just has a little bit more of like a, oh my gosh, what's the word? It, people look up to it more. Like it wasn't looked down upon as much as some of the other reality like shows. Reality saw it being, yeah. yeah. People saw it as being more genuine and uplifting. Um, and that's a lot of people watched it for those reasons. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't ever find a real big problem with it. Do you find, or do you know, do a lot of the contestants relapse after the show? Yeah, almost 100% of people <laughs> relapse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so totally. matter of fact, yeah. almost 100%. I'm still trying to search and find every once in a while. I'll go, I'll go like, we have a private, like, like Facebook page with all the former contestants. Yeah. I'm trying oh, to go really? through and go, so, like, so yeah. who's made it? <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I'm scrolling down? And, yeah. You know, uh, and I still think a majority of the people, there might be one or two that have managed to keep their, you know, keep some of their weight off, but almost every single one of us, including myself. So I gained back all of my weight again. Um, and I ended up at about 382. Um, so a couple more of years back, more in. than what I had been. And here's the crazy part, guys. I gained that weight being in the fitness industry. Wow. So, so yeah. After I came as home a gym from Biggest Loser yeah. as a gym owner. So, um, and that's this whole other, a whole other podcast. But um, so when am I coming back, basically? Yeah. Do all yeah. these auxiliary yeah, We're going to yeah. definitely yeah. need an episode. We got, about, <laughs> yeah. we, we got about three minutes. Okay, there. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, I, um, what was the question? I forgot. Uh, uh, what you, yeah, you say it again. people people Re- come out are relapsing. Oh yeah, relapse. Almost yeah, almost a hundred percent of people. And they uh, go I did it harder. They gain more weight than the, what. A they lot of before. them do. Yes, a lot of. Well, us it's so do. strict when you're on the show. Like every, like you said, you have all this external pressure with the competitive nature of mm-hmm. trying to win. Yeah. Internal pressure of yeah. trying to succeed and make everybody that you know or people that your close circle mm-hmm. that knows what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you're trying to, you know, not to mention your own goals that you have. Like, there's a lot of pressure when you're on the show, external, internal. But then when you're back on your own, you know, all that probably, or a lot of that subsides. So it would be easier to, like, relapse. It does. But it was the reason I went into the fitness industry after is because I wanted the accountability. I thought, what better way? Uh, I like teaching. I like, like doing the training side of things. If I submerge myself in this environment where there's always pressure, and the fitness industry is very image conscious, Mm -hmm. so I know, like when I go to the health club industry show and I'm a keynote speaker there, people are looking at you like, what's this fat fuck doing on stage? Okay, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like, you still get the the good old-fashioned feelings. Like, sometimes I never felt more bullied than when I was in the fitness industry as a big guy. And I dealt with my clientele. People felt comfortable that, let's just face it, Biff over here with the muscles couldn't get this population. Right. They yeah. couldn't reach them. They were intimidated of Biff. Yeah. I was able to get this population that really, really needed it. And that was kind of my niche. 
And um, I was proud of that. And uh, so I, other people wanted to know when I was at these big like health industry shows and stuff like that, these big expos. Um, but still people like look at you like, what are you doing here? What are you doing in this industry? And kind of sizing you up as like a trainer because um, you're not the prototypical look. Yeah. Um, and it was always my thing that, you know, health is a mentality. It's not necessarily a size. And um, I owned that and um, I gained all of my weight back being living in that pressure. Um, however, like a little side thing is, and I started talking a little bit about the science behind the show. And uh, this National Institute of Health uh, research study that they came out with, it, the conclusion of it basically ended that the biggest loser and the style in which we lost our weight, uh, limited calories, crazy amounts of exercise, um, could potentially have damaged people's metabolisms to the point where when they do start eating regular food again, basically it pushes all of it to fat reserves and storage because your body is like, it thinks it's starving all the time yeah, and it's okay. got to go right into like storage um, because they did research where basically um, ex biggest losers uh, when they were gaining weight after the show uh, essentially none of that weight was going toward muscle like those the calories were not were not ending in, in density like yeah. bone density and muscle density it was just making people fatter. Uh, and going right to adipose tissue. So there was some interesting research out there surrounding that. So that could be huh. some of it too. But I mean, I, I wasn't, I was, certainly wasn't perfect after. Since I've had bariatric surgery, a lot of people from The Biggest Loser have done that. And it's probably my second best uh, decision that I've ever made um, just because it's, it's really helped curb um, my, uh, how much I can eat in a setting. And yeah. I tell people, you know, just to put kind of a cap on this whole thing, uh, I have, I have the mind of evil Knievel as far as food <laughs> is concerned, um, and I had I had the stomach of a Ferrari, and with that combination, it was like go 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 all the time, more more more, yep. um, and the bariatric surgery basically put a governor on my Ferrari, so I can only go take it up to like forty. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> at a, at a given time. Like that. Now that doesn't mean I still don't have the mind of evil Knievel. Uh, I do, and I want to push it, and I still want to push it, and that's still there, um, but it really helps to curb that. Uh, so it's been very helpful for me the last uh, four or five years uh, wow. since I've had it. What would you say to our listeners, anybody that's trying to lose weight that's maybe obese right now, one last message to send to those people? So my message to people that uh, you know, are out there really struggling with their weight, you've got to try and try and try. Never give up. Uh, there's not a, like a one-size-fits-all anything for anybody. Uh, I've went my whole life dealing with lots of issues, every diet, um, and I'm just now finding things. I'm finding like the things that I like to do to be active after a whole lifetime of not, not finding it. Um, and uh, so just keep trying. A lot of people stop and then they want to stay in stasis and not try anything again because it's hard to try. It's hard to recommit. It's hard to do that. But you just have to be vulnerable and keep trying because um, you're going to find something. At the end of the day, I don't believe we as humans are meant to just uh, be just to be sedentary. We were meant to move. We were designed to move and we were designed to hunt and gather berries and leaves and all of that other stuff. We have become attached to all these conveniences of life that are making us fat 
and overweight and tempting us in different ways, we have to kind of defy our DNA. And to do that, we just got to try and try, not give up, and um, and yeah, just just keep going every single day. What a great message by Marty Wolf. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Thanks man. Really this is awesome. Guests. This is great. This Thank has you. been another episode of the Brother Side Podcast. Thank you. Thanks.